We have two weeks left of our sermon series, Here We Grow. We've been spending time this summer hearing from different people, looking at different texts from Scripture, learning what it means to be shaped by God, setting aside our own ideas, setting aside our own preferences, and taking on the humble position of a learner, someone ready to grow, someone to hear the areas in which we can be challenged that God would make us more like Him. Today we're going to talk about prayer. And prayer can be a touchy subject. It can be kind of a, a challenge for people who don't, who don't comfortably pray often. Maybe for you it's group settings. Anytime there's three or four people or maybe a larger group gathered in a circle, you hear a great little encouraging word and someone says, okay, can someone pray for the group? And your hand is the last one to go up. Maybe it's just one-on-one with God and you feel uncomfortable uh, with just the idea of talking to someone that you don't feel or hear talking back to you. It can be strange, this idea of prayer. And yet, as we look through the Bible and we read through God's Word to us and we listen to what Jesus tells us as He's teaching His disciples and teaching His followers, prayer is a big part of our relationship with our Creator. Jesus stands as the mediator, the connection between you and me and God. He says, lay out your hearts to me, bear bear each other's burdens, lay before me your, your encouragements, the things you're happy about, the things you're sad about. Let me carry these things to the Father that you would encounter Him in a conversational way. How do we get to know each other? How do we get to know the important people in our lives? We talk to them. God designed us for language. He designed us for interaction. And today, we're going to learn a little bit about how He encourages us and pushes us to interact and converse with Him. We're looking at Luke chapter 11 today, and Jesus' disciples noticed that the followers of John the Baptist, if you remember Jesus' cousin who baptized him in the Jordan and was teaching people to repent for the kingdom of heaven through Jesus was coming near, he taught his followers how to pray, and Jesus' disciples, maybe they were a little jealous, maybe they wanted to be seen as just as credible as as John the Baptist's followers. They said, Jesus, how about you teach us how to pray? So Jesus takes a moment, and here's one of the examples in the New Testament where we get to see the Lord's Prayer written out. In this selection of scripture, it's a little bit shorter, more brief, more direct than what we tend to recite in worship and in church. But then Jesus gives this explanation as to the attitude God has toward his children who are speaking with him, toward his children who are asking him for gifts, for understanding, for wisdom, really for the best thing, the Holy Spirit, to be poured out on them and to dwell in their hearts, that they would be drawn closer to him, that their lives would reflect him. So we're going to read that scripture and then glean from it the important lessons about our interactions with God, our conversation with Him in prayer. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as He finished, one of His disciples came to Him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught His disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may Your name be kept holy. May Your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. 
and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This may be a familiar passage of Scripture to you. Maybe pieces of it you've heard before. Those phrases, the the one who asks will receive, the one who seeks will find, the one who knocks the door will be opened. That's an encouragement to pray for many Christians all over the world in many different spiritual circumstances. But if we look at this whole passage of Scripture together, we see Jesus giving a simple outline for how His disciples and how those who follow His teachings ought to pray. Pray that God would be glorified, that His name would be holy, set apart, that is made perfect. That means it's treated in a special way by us as followers that no other name, no other person is treated. We must keep God in our lives, in our priorities, at the top position. That's who He is. That's what He does. He is the creator, the sustainer, the authority over all things. So when we pray, we want to always remember that that's His position. We pray that he, would, uh, that he would forgive us of our sins, that He would provide for our daily needs. That helps us to remember that even though we might be earning the paycheck, we might be buying the groceries, we might be growing the food in our garden, all of the things we have in this life that are required for our day-to-day sustenance, He provides. Ultimately, all good things in life come from God. But then he goes on to tell the story about a friend waking up another friend, a neighbor in the middle of the night, and children asking their fathers for good gifts. He's trying to show us that when we ask God for good gifts, for the best gifts, he will provide them. If we, broken people, know how to love one another, know how to give in to each other so that our family can sleep at night, if someone's pounding on the door asking for bread, how much more would the God who created us the God who loves us to the point of sending His own Son to die for us, give us good gifts. So then the natural question comes along, what what are these good gifts? When we look to the scriptures, we see that the best gift, the most important thing for you and I to have in this life is the Holy Spirit poured out on us. That third person of the Trinity, that, that person of the Godhead, the one who sustains our faith, the one who calls us into a relationship with God, the one who works faith in our hearts, the one who transforms us to become more and more like Him. That is the best gift. And Jesus makes it clear, when we pray, we ought to be praying that the Spirit would be given to us and trusting boldly that God will give it. So when you think about prayer, and you think about sometimes that it's intimidating or uncomfortable or strange to you, pray a simple prayer that God would give you His Spirit to guide you in these words. Then turn to a passage like this in Luke chapter 11. It's just the first part of the chapter where Jesus gives you a simple script to follow. God, may your name be glorified. May it be kept holy. May you, uh, may you provide for my daily needs. May you forgive my sin and keep me from temptation. And as you go about the day, look at the ways in which God has answered that prayer. He's provided that relationship between you and Him. He's provided for your daily needs through the things that you consume throughout the day, the places you stay, the people you interact with, those who encourage you, those who support you, those who love you. All of these things are a gift from God. And then as you are tempted to think, you know, that's not something I should pray about. This isn't something that God cares about. I couldn't bring this to God. It's too selfish of me. Hear this. God loves you. God loves his children. And he wants to carry on a conversation with you 
that extends into every part of your life, every part of your day and evening. God wants to be in your life. Welcome him in through prayer. Lay all these things before him. Don't just, don't just pray, but pray boldly and pray confidently. As we have been growing this summer, let this point of growth be one that you turn to again and again and again. God welcomes you into a point of prayer with him. How can you interact with him each day? Set apart uh, your morning or your evening or before meals. When can you encounter God in this conversational way? And if the question still seems too abstract or the challenge seems too daunting for you, turn to Luke chapter 11 and pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Yeah. Mm-hmm.